Sucker, written and narrated by Mark Lingain. Copyright 2014. Episode 9. Lara gasped in surprise. The light from the desk lamp shone out into the corridor, casting her seductive silhouette onto the wall. Van, how did you know I was here? She was doled up as high as a skyscraper, looking like she had stolen all the credits from the city bank. The soft light behind her made her glow. Her features were flawless, highlighted by her elegance. Are you going to invite me in? She said after an embarrassing amount of time had passed without me giving any signals of being alive or even conscious. Or how about breathing or blinking? The reality of the location and the occupant behind me sucked me in the face. What's the matter? Lara asked. Mina coughed. Lara's face morphed into excitement. Have you got a friend here? I'd like to meet one of your friends. She pushed in past me as I struggled for an explanation. The first thing she saw was Mina lying on the stretcher, showing way too much skin and the hint of the high-end secrets Lara could only dream of on the standard police salary. Who is she? They both said at the same time. She's a client, I responded. And a friend. I let them decide which one was which. A client? And said Mina, I'd better be more than that. She's here, lying low. Mina let out a low, seductive laugh. That ain't helping. I said back over my shoulder. She's in your bed, not wearing any clothes. It ain't how it appears. You said you'd take me to dinner. She stood with her hands on her hips. I was told you were a man of your word. You promised me food, said Mina. Lara turned to leave. I grabbed her and pleaded for her not to go. Please. I said. She hesitated and remained by the door, although the look she was giving me was not too pleasant. Honey, we got to eat something, and you've got nothing in here except cheap booze and no space. Fine. We all go. All of us to dinner? I'm injured and find physical activity too taxing. A few minutes ago? She had the decency to look momentarily flustered. Do what physical activity a few minutes ago? It ain't important. I stated. I looked at both of them. What do you mean? It ain't important, shouted Meaner after me. Hey, where are you going, sunshine? I'm getting your clothes. I left them together in the room, hoping at least one of them would be gone by the time I returned. Neither had left. Mina decided to strut around in her secrets with no embarrassment on her behalf. As I ironed her dress, Lara did not know where to look, so she stared at the window. Mina's reflection didn't help. Once she was suitably robed with Lara's ears glowing pink, we all charged down to the moderately cooler night air. Are you sure? I asked as the door swung in on Jimmy's. It was on the downside of the turnstile, but it was good enough in its own way. Clean and stripped back to the essential elements of service. The ladies dressed up in their finery were out of place, but food was food. No, we didn't hear anything. Stop asking, said Lara. She glanced cautiously around. Are you sure this is the right place? You and your flapping birds. It's a city. There are no great flapping birds, said Mina. She looked around the cafe with a look of distaste.
taste. Are places like this allowed to sell food? Jeez, Van, you know how to spoil a lady. I actually feel sorry for Lara. I don't need your pity. Looking at you, you'll need someone's pity to get attention. Stop it. I glared at both of them before I selected a table. There ain't a bar. How am I supposed to enjoy myself? I'm sure you'll find a way, maybe a pole instead. You got something against fun? Certainly not. In fact, I'm gonna make the best of the situation. I'll buy the first round of drinks. I'll assume you'll drink anything. That, what would you like? Do you buy your drinks? Don't you? I ain't ever paid for one yet. I think that says more about you than you realize. The two women sat facing each other. Lara glared. Mina looked indifferent. The silence was electric and dark and dangerous. I sat in the middle looking between the two of them. In the end, my spirit sunk and I reflected over the crazy ramblings from Angelina and how it could possibly tie into the bizarre events I had seen recently. Maybe I had been sucking too hard on the stupid juice. Lara reached over and placed her hand on mine. What's the trouble? You look like something's on your mind. I looked into her eyes. You believe in paranormal, ghosts, spirits, schools, elves, vampires? I replied. She laughed. Then she saw my expression. Now, although strictly speaking an elf is mythical rather than paranormal, but you can't believe in them. You gotta believe in something, right, honey? Mina pitched in. People are always saying they see ghosts, and then there's always stuff we don't understand. So, if there were ghosts, why not have vampires? They say belief is good for children's imagination. It ain't belief. Don't make fun of him, Mina said. He's not serious. Laura replied. His head's probably a bit out of shape after the excitement of the day. At least it's got shape. Laura narrowed her eyes at Mina. What are you implying? I leaned forward and put my head in my hands. Mina leaned back and brought out her big gums, casually glancing away. You got no shape. Calm down. I calmly interjected. It didn't work. She leaned forward and glared at Lara. You sure you're a girl? It's better than being fat. That's it. I got up and made my way over to the restrooms. They both watched me go. What were you gonna call me? I heard Meaner say, although a hiss would be a better description. Well... It was all I heard as a door mercifully closed behind me, shutting out the aggravation. The room was cool and starkly white. Its cleanliness, simplicity, and peace were an oasis in the unpredictable maelstrom of warring women. I took a couple of deep breaths to calm down my nerves. The bright strip lighting reflected off the tiles bouncing around me in my own contemplative solitude. There were a couple of cubicles matching sinks and a small window on the other side of the room staring out into a quiet and dark street. A fine mesh covered the glass. I wondered if it was to keep people in or out. I ran the taps enjoying the sound of the babbling stream. My hands were shaking and my nerves were on edge. I splashed the water over my face, taking a moment to stabilize my thoughts. The cool water ran down from my eyes. I looked in the mirror. Levi was standing behind me in the reflection. I blinked my eyes and turned around. There was nothing there. 
I shook my head. The small room was empty, the pristine tiles reflecting the bright lights. I checked the cubicles. Each was empty and partly disgusting. You'd think humans would have got the hang of shooting straight by now. The lights above flickered. I closed the door of the last cubicle after giving it a flush and letting out a sigh. My mind was seriously beginning to slip. I leaned against the back wall. Levi was standing in front of me. The lights went out. There was a hollow voice dancing in the darkness. Where is it? The first punch came in predictably from the left. I managed to avoid the bulk of it, but it still knocked me reeling across the small room into the nearby wall, cracking the tiles. Shards fell to the floor. Where's the rude? The voice bounced around me like the room was speaking it. I was pulled back across the room and smashed into the mirrors. They shattered and crashed down into the sink. Light was slowly leaking in from under the door and in from the street light outside, falling through the small window. It reflected on the broken mirror, highlighting a large triangular piece. I grabbed it and swung my arm around in a wide arc. The end of the glass speared into Levi's shoulder. He remained silent as he pulled it out and threw it to the floor. I could see the anger in his face. He threw a bunch of ham-fisted blows and wide from each side, all easy to block. I caught his last blow in from the right under my arm and brought him in a roundhouse swing, landing it on his jaw. I unleashed a couple more, driving him to his knees. He twisted free and gave me a strange look, almost like fear. The room felt real small, or I felt real big in it, just like the transcontinental smashing into a 35. I picked him up by his collar and threw him into a cubicle. Porcelain shattered and water sprayed everywhere, quickly rushing in over the floor. I glared at him. In this low light, he positively glowed, making a child's play in picking him out. I wrenched him off the floor and sent him sprawling across the room, crashing into the far wall. He stumbled, cracking his head into the tiles, leaving a crater in the wall. He slumped to the floor. The room was quiet. The lights came on and the place was empty. I sagged against the wall. It was also a mess and Levi was gone. I staggered out. Another guy entering the restroom gave me a disconcerted look. Give it ten, I said to him. I limped over to the table. Lara was laughing as Mina was talking, waving her hands around. The table had a large collection of small empty glasses huddled in the center, some with the remnants of a thick, sweet spirits of varying colors. Their eyes had slightly distant disconnect. What happened to you? Do you need to eat more fiber in your diet? I'd recommend a bran muffin for breakfast, said Mina. Don't they have heaps of fat? said Lara. It's alright for him. He'll be burning it off in no time with the size of his muscles. They both looked at each other with some kind of knowing look and laughed in unison. Or it was a giggle. Whichever, it seemed inappropriate. This place is not my scene. Take me to the stylus, said Mina. I know a great couple of places to go on the way over there. Small, low-key, and some Stella bands. Stella, cried Mina. They both howled with laughter. I sighed. It was going to be a long night.
It was coming round to half gone too, and the two ladies looking the worse for wear staggered out onto the street singing loudly. They were arm in arm tottering off down the pavement. I was longing for the stylus. At least there was someone there I could talk to, and who would listen. I herded the ladies away from the roadside, keeping them away from the hectic traffic. I was trying to keep Lyle from climbing a 35 stop with Mina in a danger of collapsing through sheer gasping breaths of laughter, which is why I didn't hear the footsteps. Some snatcher came running through and before I could grab him, he'd knocked Mina over into the trash cans. Lara was giggling as she slid down the pole, but Mina had gone quiet. I called out to her to see if she was okay. There was no response. I ran over. She was staring up, holding her stomach. She raised her hands and they were covered in blood. A deep knife wound sliced across her stomach. We need to get to a hospital. Lara cried as she saw the horrific wound. No. Mina gasped. We got to, I said. She shook her head. They'll find me. Lara knelt down beside Mina and examined the cut. Can't we take her to your place? No medical supplies, I said. Lara thought for a moment. I got first aid supplies from the work course. They're pretty basic, but they're better than nothing. Mina raised her hand and placed it against Lara's face. You're a good girl, honey. It's been a pleasure to meet you. She closed her eyes and drifted off into unconsciousness. This is becoming a habit, I said as I lifted her up, cradling her in my arms. She was even lighter than before. We made our way back to Lara's place with the haunting image of the assailant running through my mind. I'd be swearing to the preacher that it had been Phoenix.